Welcome everyone to today's episode of the Lindsay Elmore Show. So often in Western medicine, people are given cookie cutter solutions for unique problems. There seems to be a lack of drive to create customizable programs geared towards healing. And instead, we use a pill for every ill without addressing why does this problem exist in the first place. Oftentimes, when we start looking at those root causes, we understand that there are only a few reasons that disease exists. It could be stress, it could be toxins, it could be allergens and food allergies, could be chronic infections or nutritional deficits or excess, sedentarism, lack of exercise, our sociogenomics, our genes, as well as the relationship to the world around us all play in to root causes of illnesses. And let's not forget lack of sleep. The problem is there aren't enough people truly willing to take the time to help people understand which combination of sleep and exercise and food and stress reduction and toxin reduction and infection reduction is really at the root cause. And how can you bring the body into balance by addressing all of those different players that lead to overall health. My guest today is different. Isosa Idota Samwan is the raw girl. She's a certified nutrition specialist and behavioral coach who really helps to dig deep into what is causing her patients to be sick and actively coaches them on how to create behavioral change that is sustainable. After starting out as a vegan at the age of 13, she began to experience some health challenges, which led her to go raw. In this episode, we talk about all things raw diet. We get into Ayurveda and the different body types and how they can help us to understand what foods are going to be the most healthy for us. We also talk about how important it is to use multiple modalities to care for ourselves. One of the most important modalities is empathy. And we talk about healthcare disparities that lead to black women not experiencing empathy in the Western medical system and how we can change it. Let's get to the show. Welcome to the Lindsay Elmore Show a podcast for people who deserve to be healthy with honest, open, and enlightening conversations with doctors, thought leaders, creatives, and spiritual gurus. You'll walk away with simple and tangible tips and tricks that allow you to live your healthiest life so you can pursue your dreams, overcome obstacles, and leave your mark. 
Isose Edota Someone, also known as the Raw Girl of therawgirl.com, is a dynamic certified nutrition specialist, behavioral coach, host of the Staying Ageless podcast, founder of Staying Ageless University, and published author with 10 years of experience inspiring others to live their best and healthiest lives. After completing her master's in nutrition and integrative health, Isosa worked as a clinical nutritionist at a wellness center where she provided nutritional coaching, meal planning, and offered dietary interventions to thousands of clients of all ethnicities and ages with a variety of dietary preferences for people suffering from a wide range of chronic conditions. Since then, Isosa has created her signature online programs, Staying Ageless 30 Plus, which is a comprehensive curriculum designed to help women 30 years and older achieve optimal balance and stay youthful using diet and lifestyle changes, as well as Raw Girls Hormone Balancing Academy, which is a healing program designed to holistically address fibroids, endometriosis, cysts, PCOS, and other hormonal imbalances. Clients who have worked with Asosa in group and private coaching have lost hundreds of pounds, healed cystic and hormonal acne, achieved hormonal balance pre- and post-menopause, had cancer downgraded, reversed nutritional deficiencies, reversed prediabetes, diabetes, hypertension, hair loss, and so much more. Isosa specializes in plant-based nutrition and transitioning, women's hormonal balance, weight loss, healing acne and skin conditions, nutrition and lifestyle interventions to enhance beauty and increase longevity, as well as protocols that help to heal and reverse candida and parasites, as well as overall detoxification. Outside of her passion for health, Isosa is an award-winning, globe-trotting producer and actress who has been featured in Glamour, Vogue, The New York Times, Elle, Ebony, Black Enterprise, and more. Isosa, you know someone, welcome to the Lindsay Elmore Show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am so excited to talk to you because you have done so much in your career. You are the rawgirl.com. You have the Staying Ageless podcast, Staying Ageless University. How did you get into teaching nutrition and why did you see it as so critical in the, the mission to help other people? Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll try and give you the abridged version. So, um, I was vegan since the age of 13 and that is unusual because I am Nigerian American and that is unusual to decide to not eat meat if you're Nigerian. And then I kind of was eating that way, but it felt good on, um, on a vegan diet. I intuitively chose it and then got to college, started to get sick. I had a cousin who was a raw foodist. I went to visit her. She was in Los Angeles and she was friends with a really famous actress who, who I was inspired by. And they were both raw foodists and they look amazing. And so she taught me more about raw food. And she was like, you should eat more like salads and stuff like this. And I, because I kept getting sick in college, mostly because I was eating like 
fig newtons and like processed processed vegan (laughs) food crap (laughs) i was eating all kinds of crazy things that were not healthy um post-college i kind of had a health breakdown where i started to get acne chronic fatigue um just wasn't feeling great and i was also in uh, working as a model and in front of the camera which was very taxing as far as like your skin not being together and then being in these situations where people were scrutinizing your skin, not exactly fun. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have to get to the bottom of this. I feel horrible. Um, was still vegan, was addicted to sugar, was at the vegan bakery every other week. They thought I worked there. And um, I basically found this amazing couple. Um, they had a restaurant called Raw Soul and they taught how to prepare raw foods. And they were like, you need to actually eat more fruits and vegetables and you need more nutrients, you're probably nutri- you know, nutritionally deficient to some degree. So I went raw and within a month, month and a half, my skin was as clear as it is now. All my issues cleared up. Um, I learned more later about what was actually going on with me when I became a practitioner, but um, yeah, but that was a really big like aha moment, like my diet, just paying, in, paying attention to what's going on internally to affect the external. Most of the times we're taught like, put more stuff on your face, go get, get, go get all these brands that are really great and lotions and potions. And I just threw away all of those brands. And I just focused on like, okay, what am I eating and what's going on so that I can fix my inside. So the outside will look the way that I want it to. So I left New York city at the time I was living there, went to the boonies in Virginia, could finally hear my own voice. And I heard God say, start a blog. <laughs> and I was like, what's a blog. Aww. So I had to Google it because it was a long time ago before there was even really that many bloggers. And I was like, this will be great because I had just, when I, when my skin cleared, basically everywhere I would go, people would ask me about what I was eating or why I was buying certain supplements. And then I would get in really, really long conversations at the grocery store. So the blog was just like, perfect. It was like, I'll go write about it. I'm a writer anyway. And then I'll tell them to check out the link. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I started writing. And then within Five years of doing that as a hobby around my entertainment and career, people started sending me messages about their health problems in real detail. Like I have hypertension, I have this, I have that. And I was like, oh my, it was very overwhelming. And I was like, please, please find a medical professional. Sorry, can't help you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, and any, and even for me as a healthcare professional, like you have to be like, I'm so sorry. I don't know you, (laughs) you know? And it's, it's so frustrating because I'm so sorry. Like now I have to say, I'm so sorry. I am licensed. I cannot just give you random information (laughs) without going through the protocols. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, totally. Exactly. So even then I was just very aware and not interested in, I was aware of the dangers of trying to give people health information when you weren't when you did not have a license or you did not go through a rigorous process. And so after getting all these messages, I was like, I really actually am tired of turning people away and I would like to figure this out, but I want to understand the science behind the body a bit more, not just like, cause I had studied remedies and supplements and all the stuff. So I had all this background knowledge, but I really wanted to understand how can I use nutrition from a holistic perspective to heal specific conditions. And I knew that I wanted that specific type of training. And so when I found out about certified nutrition specialists and the school that I went to, which was Maryland University of Integrative Health, I was like, I was just so ecstatic because I was like, this is, this is it. Like, 
because we're we are coming from a very functional medicine perspective of like these are the conditions and this is how you deal with it nutrition wise supplement wise lifestyle wise so we're looking at the whole person and we're we're trained to connect all those dots so that was super important to me and that's basically how i you know <laughs> how you got into it so I'm interested because people have very strong opinions about all kinds of diets, but people have very strong opinions about raw diet and especially raw vegan diet. And we've had people on the show that, you know, they're huge advocates of keto, which is very, it can be more challenging to do on a raw vegan diet. There are people who have been big advocates of carnivorous diets. And so we've seen a spectrum and I, I really am, am interested. What have you seen be successful in your patients? Like who are the peeps that are really doing well on a raw vegan or on totally vegan, who does better with intermittent fasting and keto? Who might need more meat in their diet? Because it's, to me, it's not about finding the perfect diet. It's about doing something better than the standard American diet and doing it over time. So kind of give us an idea of who's best for what protocols in general. Right, right. So the word diet comes from the Greek word dieta, which means manner of living. So your diet is supposed to be a lifestyle in the first place. It's not supposed to be this thing that you read on Google and you thought that was cute and you decided to do it for a couple of weeks. And then you, you know, maybe, you know, catch up with it. So that's the first thing. It really should be something sustainable. One of my main things for all of my clients is whatever you're doing, it needs to be sustainable. It shouldn't be this thing where you have, you need a break from your diet. Like you need to like take a break because it's too much, which is why I find that like sometimes keto can be very unsustainable for people. Even raw vegan sometimes for a lot of people is very unsustainable with traveling and all that stuff. So it really depends on if that person really has the bandwidth to handle it. But in my practice, I use a combination of, of tools and I actually teach this in staying ageless 30 plus my class. I basically help people understand their body type through the same things that I use to understand my body type, which are things like Ayurveda, like my dosha, um, which really helps me understand what is actually gonna gel right for me. Cause I basically was doing uh, the vegan thing, the raw vegan thing. And then I stumbled across other body typing systems. And then I realized that based on my dosha, I was actually eating exactly how I should be eating, which is for me, I do really well in the summer months when it's super hot with like a more raw diet, like has heavy raw, but in the winter I do need warming foods. And that's because I am a Pitta Vata and the Pitta is fire. And so if you, if you put fire upon fire in the summer, like if I'm eating tons of cooked food in the summer, I'm going to feel horrible. Um, and so me in a tropical environment in my natural element, I'm always going to feel better with like more raw foods. And then Vata is like more of that cooling thing. And so in the winter, that's when that gets lit up in the, in the sort of like the fall to winter. And I feel way better if I'm eating some warming foods at that point and I change it over a little bit. It also works if I'm in a colder environment. If I'm in Africa or if I'm somewhere where it's hot, it doesn't matter. I could still continue with my whole like raw thing. So I use the doshas and Ayurveda. I use some principles from Chinese medicine. I also use um, metabolic typing. I use other types of body types, body typing to really help me understand somebody 
Some people, um, like for instance, in Ayurveda, people who are kaphas in Ayurveda, I have a lot of those. Kaphas tend to be people who are trying to lose weight and they might have an issue with weight their entire life. They're very carb sensitive. So carbs for them is like, it just doesn't work. I mean, when I'm talking about carbs, I'm talking about refined carbs, but they're so sensitive that if they drink a lot of alcohol, they eat a lot of bread, they eat a lot of white rice, all these things, they just put on weight by looking at it. Kaphas also have to exercise. If they don't exercise, they can't lose weight. Whereas my type, which is the Pitta, I can actually uh, kind of just get away with losing weight or maintaining weight just based on my diet. You know what I mean? And then there's people, uh, the other Ayurvedic. So there's Pitta, Vata, uh, Kapha. Vata, my Vata clients have really fast metabolisms. They're usually trying to gain weight, right? So they have a whole other issue of just needing to eat in a way that's very nourishing. Sometimes they do need a little extra protein or else they don't really feel right. Um, they have to deal with, Vata is the, the dosha that has to do with a lot of movement. And they also tend to have some anxiety because of that, like mental movement. So a lot of anxiety issues. So they really need to meditate and to, in order to get their lives together and they need to eat on a schedule. Vata people always tend to be like, I forgot to eat. I'm so sorry. Like I was just busy. And then like, it just the day. You know? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think Ayurvedic doshas are kind of hard for people to understand. And I heard somebody say it so simply the other day. If you think about a kapha, you think, oh, she is so earthy. These are earthy, grounded, heavier people just by their nature, but their memory is really long. They've got this luxurious hair Yes. And then you think about pizza people like me and you, she's so fiery. Like we've got this, it, we've got this huge intestinal fire. And so where I can put on weight, if I just make a decision for like six weeks to be super disciplined, the weight just, it just burns off of me. Vata people are, she's so airy and they are just in every way, shape and form. They, they have thinner hair and they have very elongated straight bodies and and their mind is like oh I just forgot to eat you know it's so and right. so, I'm so, so you're always trying to and, and this is really important I learned this from my Ayurvedic master it's not really necessary that you're trying to I guess the, the most interesting thing about Ayurveda and Chinese medicine is that it's really about eating and living in harmony with your environment. So it's never really like some sort of rigid, like I need to eat like a pitta or I need to, it's really just like, how do I balance out my energy? Like it's you understanding yourself and how to balance yourself out. So just like you said about the vatas, it's like, okay, you know, you're probably going to forget to eat. So you need to do some meal prepping and you need to have things kind of set meal times. You know, you might be more anxious. So you know that you should be doing meditation. The thing that's so interesting about the doshas is I can tell if someone is in balance or out of balance based on their habits. Oh, if, if you're a Vata type and you don't do any sort of mindfulness activities and you're late to the appointment and you're just like, oh, I already know, <laughs> I already know that you're a little bit out of balance and you might need, if you're a Kava type and you're eating tons of fatty, oily foods, you don't work out, you probably will have high cholesterol. You might be on the road to diabetes. I can already tell you're out of balance, Right. So it's really just a, a nice, it's a nice barometer, at least for me as a practitioner, 
it makes things very easy because you can understand people's personalities a bit better and how to tailor the treatment towards them as well, just by getting that little piece of information. Yeah, I, I am a huge fan of Ayurvedic interpretations of the body because number one, it gives people permission to be all different kinds of body shapes and still garner and foster health. And I love that piece of the puzzle. And I love also how it's like you said, your first step is to understand your body and the environment that you live in. And how do you bring that into harmony? How do you bring it into balance? Now, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. After months of waiting, the Metabolic Makeover is now open for registration. The event is free and online from August 30th to September 5th. And the Metabolic Makeover interviews more than 30 industry experts on what are the root causes of metabolic disease and how do we fix it. The problem is metabolic disease shows up and is diagnosed as diabetes, obesity, high cholesterol, and high blood pressure. But almost 90% of Americans are walking a pathway towards metabolic illness and don't even know it. Years before a true diagnosis, metabolic dysfunction is impacting every single body system causing sleep problems, unexplained weight gain, hormone disruption, abnormal menopause, depression, mood swings, and so much more. During the Metabolic Makeover Summit, I interview experts like Dr. Jess Petros about how metabolic dysfunction is actually just mitochondrial dysfunction. We talk with Lacey Dunn about how hormones are sabotaging your weight loss. We talk with Dr. David Jockers about how intermittent fasting can help to heal metabolic disease. Dr. Christine Schaffner teaches us all about how to get more sleep, and we talk with many many more. To sign up, head to lindsayelmore.com slash metabolic makeover. The event is free and online from August 30th to September 5th. So don't miss out. Head to lindsayelmore.com slash metabolic makeover to sign up today. And now let's get back to the show. I would love to hear your like bits of Chinese medicine. Are we talking dropping seasonality of cooking? What are some of the Chinese medicine principles you apply to health? Yeah. So <laughs> I hang out with Chinese medicine doctors all the time and I still am learning. I mean, I, my Chinese medicine doctor is my actual doctor. I will go to her first before anyone else. Um, I do it as a maintenance thing, acupuncture. Um, I guess Really, I incorporate acupuncture or refer my clients out for acupuncture very often because once I really understood what it was, like it is a self-healing tool, really. And so the whole principle behind acupuncture is that there's these meridians, these energy meridians throughout the body. And that sometimes when we get out of balance or we have some sort of health condition, they might be blocked, this energy flow. And so what you need is a really good conductor and the quality of the conductor does matter. Um, to put in these needles in specific places that then opens up these channels. And just that opening of the channels can help people who have, you know, blocked gallbladders or, you know, issues with their, you know, 
issues with uh, any sort of organ, liver, whatever, also emotional issues. The thing that's so interesting about Chinese medicine is that it's able to pinpoint, it looks at a constellation of symptoms. So instead of just being like, you have this diagnosis, it's being like, you're, emo you're angry. So your spleen might be a little, something's going on over there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Pinpointing things that connect your emotions, your internal organs, and the whole energy flow of things in your body, which I find fascinating. I find it fascinating too. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the things that sometimes I, I'm able to pay attention to on a deep level because of the time that I've spent studying it to some degree. So like, for instance, I had a client not too long ago who has, she has gallbladder issues. And one of the questions I asked her was like, how do you process anger? And she went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> she might've been a Pitta type, you know, with all of our, all of our anger issues because of all the fire we have. <laughs> right. But just understanding also the emotional things that can then also can manifest in specific parts of the body. Very helpful. Um, the other thing, strangely enough, that I got really deep into through a Chinese medicine doctor, which is not a part of Chinese medicine is aromatherapy. Mm -hmm. So, um, I really do love essential oils. I don't really prescribe them. I don't really recommend them too often, but I do recommend them when I know that they can help someone with sleep. I mean, I use them for everything. Oh yeah. But yeah, when they can help with sleep or when they can help with digestion or just simple things that you can do to rub them on your body or, or inhale them, or even changing people's emotional states sometimes can be really helpful to use the um, essential oils. So um, that's something that I, I have a one, one Chinese medicine doctor who's also an aromatherapist. And that's, those are things that I learned from her. Yeah, I you're you're preaching to the choir. I'm a huge advocate of essential oils. Have used them for years and to me, I think I think the biggest benefit of them is just being able to mitigate your environment and to be able to kind of control the energy of the environment in not only by the objects that we surround ourselves with, but with the aroma that we surround ourselves with. So talk to us about staying ageless university. What is this new course you've got going on? What's the curriculum? Yeah. So, so staying ageless 30 plus was the first class that I actually started my practice with. And it basically was like years of sort of experimenting on myself and researching, <laughs> um, put together in one program. Um, so I actually started that program a couple years ago. I think I started the first iteration was in 2019. Um, and Staying Ages 30 Plus is an eight week program and it combines um, basically these lectures the first four weeks and behavioral coaching. And we combine the two because it's really important to get actual results. And my goal with the class is really to make sure that every woman who takes it has absolute clarity on what diet and exercise is best for them that we actually give them tools to understand habit forming, how to change unhealthy habits, how to adopt new habits, get to the root cause of why their, you know, their habits are unhealthy um, and really just transform them to the point where they hopefully don't need me. And if they do, that might just be for like follow-ups kind of thing. And we've had people who've taken that class have lost 30 pounds. We've had people reverse hypertension, reverse diabetes, the last class, we had a woman with gastrointestinal issues on three medications off of all of them, no more anxiety. So it's really, it's great because you get the activation from a group 
as well. So it's, I'm really big on accountability. And what I love about that class is there's, you got you to deal with me in the lectures, then the, you got the group accountability and they have ongoing coaching in the last four weeks. So that whole combination of things really creates this amazing like environment where people really start to change because they're also looking at other people that are in the course and seeing their changes and they get inspired by that. And then they want to do more. Um, but it's really, it's a longevity class, but people come to it at different stages. Some people just want to level up. Some people have a legitimate health problem. So we have to deal with that too. But the cool part is that my classes are not one size fits all because we always meet with them individually as well and gives personalized recommendations. So no matter what people come in, we're able to meet them. So that was how staying ages, the whole staying ages thing kind of started. And then staying ages university evolved because I realized that part of what I do is and do well. And part of the reason why I'm able to get such amazing health outcomes for my clients is because I teach them. And that's something that is very much missing. And, you know, I believe doctors actually, the word doctor actually supposed to mean teacher or something related to teacher. Um, and so it's, it's something that people actually need. People need to know the why. If you just tell them to stop eating something, it doesn't really work. And so we're really big on interactive experiences. And for me, the staying at university was about taking these protocols that basically had got me to take someone from point A to point B and making it a repeatable process where I could take a whole bunch of people through the system and get an end result. So Staying Ages 30 Plus was one of them. We have the Hormonal Balancing Academy, which is really huge because um, we have women, we have so many women with fibroids, endometriosis, PCOS, all kinds of hormonal issues. Um, my first endometriosis client no longer has endometriosis symptoms. She's actually an actress. And I took her through a nine month process. So I realized it takes about six to nine months to get people kind of balanced. And we basically created a curriculum that allows people to learn about all of the different things, diet, stress, all the things that contribute, the natural therapies that you're gonna need as well. And then we also give them personalized recommendations and meet with them over that six month period to get them to that hormonally balanced place. So those are the two like main programs. And then the other, um, the other things on there are related to, we have a candida and parasites thing, which the number of people I have with candida issues. <laughs> and like, oh. parasites. Oh my gosh. Talk about an underdiagnosed disease. Yes. They're being plagued by, they've been plagued by like gastrointestinal issues their entire lives. And they have no idea. The only reason why I know about this is because I had both. And so now I'm able to help people get over it. Um, and then, um, the only other thing I think on there right now is the, is my immune boosting protocol. And that, um, that I actually helped use when, uh, when I had, I have had four or five different clients that I've walked through COVID positive to COVID negative using supplementation, diet, lifestyle stuff. Um, so that's that protocol. And I wasn't interested in seeing a bunch of COVID patients. So I was like, here, if you need this, <laughs> please go. Yes. Back. Go to an infectious disease specialist, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so yeah, it's, 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 it was such a, it was such a stressful year and I just look back on it and I go, wow, we missed such a huge opportunity to actually really empower people. Like you have agency over your own health and right now it's super critical that you actually take all of this seriously that 
food matters, exercise matters, sleep matters, water, air, all of it matters. It, it really does. All of that. We needed to educate people that all of that is what makes up your immunity and your immunity is innate and adapted, which means that given the fact if, if, if this week I didn't sleep for a week, my immunity is not going to be as strong. <laughs> so it's like, so it's like, I feel like people just kind of like still were in this mentality of like, let me take some things. Like, I don't know if you noticed, but the whole year it was like vitamin C was out of stock and all this stuff was like out of stock. And it's like, that's cute that you're taking vitamin C, but have you slept? Are you hydrated? Are you eating well? All of the things. Yes. Are you pooping? Are you eliminating toxic waste from your body? You know, Dr. Sarah Gottfried teaches that we need to be pouring into our sleep accounts just like we pour into our bank accounts because your sleep account is your longevity account. It's your, it's your aging gracefully. It's your feeling good every single day kind of account. Now, I'd love to shift gears a little bit and talk about oh, healthcare disparities that became even worse last year. We've interviewed Tierra Pennington on the show talking about the problems in diagnostics of skincare disorders in people of color. We've talked with Dr. Um, Kieran Dunstan about how dangerous it is to be giving birth black in America. So what do you think are the most common experiences that are more prevalent in women of color and, and black women than, than in people who look like me? Well, I mean, uh, I think it depends on where those women of color are residing and where they, where they live and where they are in the world. So, um, in the United States of America, we do have an additional unique stressor to our health, which is racism. <laughs> <laughs> no way. <laughs> that generational trauma and like ingrained racism, it, oh, it's just, it right. drives it's me nuts. Very, very unique stressor. So like my clients, I mean, it's just, it's very, it's a lot between the media and a lot of the things that were going on this past year, um, I mean, I was getting inundated with messages. People's anxiety levels are going up. People already are stressed out about their families and doing their jobs. And now they have to like process other things that they're watching or not watching. So it's really big on just like keeping boundaries. I'm always um, teaching people to keep boundaries around what they see and how they see it. Um, but in the United States of America, I have definitely, like my clients here, there's more incidences of hormonal imbalances, fibroids, endometrial, fibroids, fibroids are an epidemic. It's an epidemic to the point where I was just, I was confused, but borderline wanted to cry most of last year because I got really tired of getting these calls from people telling me the same story. It's like I was talking to the same person and they were like, yeah, I've been diagnosed with fibroids. They only recommend, recommended a hysterectomy. My grandmama had a hysterectomy. My auntie had a hysterectomy. My cousin had a hysterectomy. And this is somehow now normal. And it's statistic wise, it's been proven that, that in the actual medical environments, black women are offered these invasive surgeries way more than anyone else. 
So it's, it's not that there aren't alternatives. The US is also behind though. There's plenty of treatments that are not as invasive that are being used in Europe and other places, but we're just not doing it. I don't know why, is it because of the money? I'm not quite sure, right? So that's one thing that's very problematic for me, just the hormonal balancing stuff and the, and the issues around reproduction when it comes time for you to settle down with your partner and have a baby or start planning people are really, they're facing challenges because they're not aware of how sometimes birth control has affected them, um, compounded with certain dietary things because then they just, they end up estrogen dominant. They didn't realize that these things were gonna lead to estrogen dominance. No one told them, no one explained. And it starts really with that early, this is part of why I'm educating people. It's like, it starts really with the miseducation we get that somehow abnormal periods are normal. Like we're told that we're just supposed to like be in pain, good luck, take a, you know, take a all, and, and that's a part of being a woman instead of being like, hmm, that's interesting. You have really heavy bleeding. You can't leave a room every single time you have a cycle. That seems like you might be more in the estrogen dominant side. Perhaps we need to look at your diet. Perhaps we need to look at what's going on. Are you, are you exposed to other things, plastics, whatever it is that might be, you know, affecting your body. Yeah. Or does, is your liver completely clogged and we need to send you to the acupuncturist? For sure. Um, yeah. The miseducation around women's cycles is very disturbing and it causes a lot of problems for people and especially black women. There's a lot of issues there. There's also a lot of issues with dairy in the United States, I mean, 75% of African-Americans are lactose intolerant. And so I see a lot of clients with asthma issues. I see a lot of clients with sinus issues, um, other issues related to consumption of cheese, milk, et cetera. And usually even gastrointestinal, you know, and usually if I can get rid of that, they start to improve. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they can't eat dairy, but like I've had clients who've gone to Iceland and been fine because, you know, the quality of the dairy is completely different, but the quality of the dairy here is very, is very not good um, for us. And especially not good for African-Americans, unfortunately. And this is a trend that I've noticed as well. So it causes a lot of respiratory issues, gastrointestinal issues can sometimes also feed into the estrogen dominance issue because of the hormones and, you know, compounded hormones in the dairy products. You know, I got to go back to something that you just said earlier, which was that black women are more likely to be offered invasive uh, hysterectomies for fibroids. There, there's another level of potential harm, another level of potential violence against black women, which is they're not just invasive, they're also sterilizing. And that is, that's life changing and life altering. And, you know, women who, black women who give birth in the United States are less likely to be offered pain medications. They're more likely in the media to be depicted as criminals because of their health problems and we saw that oh my gosh in the 80s crack babies everywhere when the statistics do not demonstrate that black women were giving it it's a whole whole mess that we just need to bring it to light so that we can so that we can change it you know and and 
Well, yeah, I mean, I think part of the change, we need more, part of the change is what I'm doing and what other people are doing. Some of my colleagues are doing, there needs to be more uh, women of color that are actually health professionals. There needs to be more women and men of color that are health professionals that have access to patients of color. There also needs to be training around empathy. Unfortunately, I don't know why we need training around empathy for patients, but there needs to be training around empathy and all that stuff. Um, and, and that will be great and helpful, but I actually really think there needs to be more health professionals servicing of color, servicing patients of color. And I can tell you, I can't tell you in detail the stories. I think I'm saving one of them for my book, but um, I've died. I've almost died like several times at the hand of medical professionals, me as a health professional in a medical environment. So I can tell you that I've been, you know, the way I've been treated in a hospital or I've, I've been treated in a doctor's office has in this country, I would say is not, has been horrible. I've had great experiences in other countries and I've had great experiences sometimes at the hands of health professionals that look like me, but not, but it's, it's, it's unfortunate that it has to be that way. And there needs to be more, like you said, more awareness around it. There needs to be active training around it as well. Um, it makes me sad to say it. I just feel like for my mind, I'm like, if this person is my patient, I should be able to look at that person and have empathy for them. And also, or just at least look at them and be serious enough about my job that I'm like, let me pay attention to these things. But mm -hmm. I can't tell you the number of times where I've had people overlook things, even for me when I'm going in for an issue. Yeah. Or it, there's just, there's this huge problem in medicine that people don't listen. People just don't take the time to listen. Good. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's, that's yeah. exactly it. And that is one of the first things we do that sets us apart from that whole system is we literally sit and talk with people on the phone about what's going on with them and actually hear what they're saying. So a lot of times patients are getting talked at. Um, sometimes traumatic things are being said to them. Like you should never say, like, I think that a lot of health professionals need to be trained inside and outside voice. Like you shouldn't say things to people like you may never have a baby again or whatever. They don't say those things. Like mm. if you give them information around, but to make declarative statements, because that means that you don't understand the power of the subconscious mind. Like literally I could decide that I'm sick and then make myself sick, like mentally. Right. Oh. Yes. As health professionals, I feel like we have even more of a higher standard to watch our mouths and be careful of how we're speaking to patients so that we don't inflict harm just by the thought we implanted in their, in their head. And I get so many clients who are like totally traumatized. They're like, they told me I could never have a kid or you know what I mean? Or they just had some other horrific experience. Yeah. Or you have three months to live, which I'm just like, you don't know, you don't know that. Um, and, and, you know, you're so echoing what Dr. Patrick Hannaway taught us on the show a few weeks ago. There was a study that came out that showed it is statistically worse to have dispassionate care than it is to have no intervention at all. So a study looked at empathetic care, at no, no intervention or dispassionate care. And you would rather stay home with your flu 
or you would probably rather sit home with your fibroids than go and get dispassionate care because it just it bruises you on a deep emotional level. level. Yeah. Yeah. Those conditions are usually, especially even like you brought up fibroids, but I mean, I have a lot of clients with fibroids who don't process stress in a healthy way. So part of what's causing their hormonal imbalance is that fight or flight being turned on all the time and their response to things, right? So their progesterone is constantly depleting because they're making more cortisol, more cortisol. So it's like, Sometimes you're adding to the stress of that person's health condition. <laughs> I know. And you don't even, you don't intend to. Yeah. But there is a layer, you know, I, I, I teach presentations about burnout and it's, it's one of those things. If you lose sight that your, your real job is to care for the person in front of you. If you forget that they're a person and they become a chart number, just leave. Leave the profession. Go find something else that you're passionate about. I agree. I really, really, really wish that that was like a rule. I think that there are too many people in health in general, in any type of healthcare profession that are there for the wrong reasons. And it's like, what is this really about for you? Are you really interested in getting that person well and walking them through these steps? Are you there for the credentials? Are you there for some other, you know what I mean? Fancy reason. Because if you're not and that purity of heart isn't there, it shows up in the care and it affects the patients. Mm -hmm. And the patients can feel it. When I first worked, I worked at a wellness clinic at the beginning of my career with two MDs. And before I left there, all of the patients started booking their appointments around my schedule. It wasn't my practice. And I tried to explain to them that I had said nothing. They didn't get it, but it's like, you don't understand. Patients can feel if you care about them. <laughs> they can tell. Yeah. Well, when, as soon as I walk into a room, if this person is really like just kind of checking it off, or if they're really interested in like explaining to me what's going on and, and careful about it. Mm-hmm. And, and all it takes is honestly, I mean, it, it takes knowing your stuff, but it just takes this, this huge regard for humanity and the true desire to see all of humanity to just be better and to rise. And it, you know, I, I am so glad that you came on the show today to be a part of that process because you're, you're so inspirational and you, you really, I can tell care you've cared enough to go back and, and learn more and experiment with yourself, which I think every good practitioner has to do. So let's, let's end it by just leaving our listeners with what is the number one piece of nutrition advice that you give people? Hmm. The number one piece of nutrition advice, honestly, I mean, really my whole practice is really focused on you finding what actually works for your body. And I help people do that. Like stop reading diet books. I'm anti-diet books. Stop reading Google. Stop, stop, stop. Learn to actually listen and observe what happens to you after you eat things. So if Mm. I eat this and I get a tummy ache, my energy gets low. These, these are the small cues that we start to get over time, but most of us are kind of like numb. 
And so we don't really experience anything until we show up one day and we get a diagnosis and then we're confused. We're like, how did this happen? But really your body was probably trying to tell you things along the way. And obviously we do things like take medications that stop those symptoms so that we can just ignore them. But it's really important to, when you're eating and when you're going through the process of figuring out what am I supposed to nourish my body with, start to pay attention to what your body's saying back. Mm. all the time. And that'll start to give you cues as to what direction works for you. Instead of you being like, Oh my God, I need to, I need to try keto. Oh my God. I need to try raw food. Oh my God. I need to try that. Just pay attention to what your body's actually saying and try and like tune out the voices or get someone to help you figure out that process. Absolutely. I love it so much. Listeners, if you would like to know more about Asosa's work, please head to therawgirl.com or you can head to download her free downloadable ebook, Six Major Keys to Determine Your Ideal Diet. Oh, it looks like it's a free class, not an ebook. Yeah, it's a free class. Oh, super cool. Head to therawgirl.com slash six. That's the number six ways free class. Isosa Idota one. Thank you. I got it out. I got it out. Thank you so much for coming in today and being a guest on the Lindsay Elmore show. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. Hey everybody. It's the end of summer and you may have noticed that we are not putting out two episodes each week. That's because we all deserve some rest and relaxation on the regular. So Throughout the month of August, you may see that there are only episodes airing on Tuesdays. I hope that you will spend your time on Thursdays and throughout the rest of the week catching up on old episodes of The Lindsay Elmore Show. This week, I encourage you to go and check out two of my favorite episodes all about reversing diabetes and healing metabolic disease. Go and check out episode 107 with Dr. David Jockers as we talk about intermittent fasting and how it can help you to heal both your inflammation, your diabetes, as well as prevent multiple chronic illnesses. Then we talk specifically with Dr. Brian Mowell in episode 113 about how we prevent and reverse diabetes. Go ahead. Listen to an older episode. Let us know what you think by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. The Lindsay Elmore Show is written and produced by me, Lindsay Elmore. Show segments are produced by Sue Procco and Derek Lugo. Sound design and editing is by Jive Media. Support The Lindsay Elmore Show by heading to lindsayelmore.com slash podcast. Your contribution, no matter how big or how small, helps us to bring the best guests to the interview chair. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Share this and all of your favorite episodes with a friend and on social media. Be sure to tag at Lindsay Elmore Show and help us bring the pod to more people.